trying to think about our topic for tonight. It's not a prayer request, it is gossip. I just did a random search. Now, I'm doing this course on research and writing, and uh, they will tell you that uh, not all sources on the internet are reliable. But I, I found some very interesting quotes in the most unlikely places. <laughs> of all places, Pinterest. Pinterest, ladies and gentlemen, Pinterest. And uh, some of them are really, 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 really interesting. You can go for Pinterest for biblical help, but at least it gives a common representation of what people think about gossip. I would say one of the things that uh, we mentioned here is that if you have a problem with me, tell me, not everyone else. Uh, most of these quotes don't have authors, uh, don't have names attached to them. They just have websites. You can check them out if you'd like to. And then this one says that, tell me, Say, tell my mistakes to me, not to others, because my mistakes are to be corrected by me, not by others. And I think there's some sort of truth uh, to that. Now, here's one I really laughed at. I said, don't tell me what they said about me. Tell me why they were comfortable saying it around you. Why they were comfortable saying it around you. And our topic tonight is uh, it is not a prayer request, it is gossip. Why are we thinking about that topic in that direction? We're thinking about that in a general sense of how we Christians sometimes rationalize and compromise, especially in the area of gossip. And uh, someone here once said also that true friends say good things behind your back and bad things to your face. And I believe that also holds some truth to it. And let me read one more here, and then we will move on. Once they stop talking to you, they start talking about you. Ladies and gentlemen, really glad to have you uh, to the show tonight. Our topic tonight, like I said, is uh, it is not a prayer request. It is gossip. It is gossip. And uh, Tonight we want to think about these things. We want to say to ourselves, where do we draw the line between gossip and the prayer request? I mean, there are people who miss the show because they have commitments, because there are other things that are going on in their lives. And one of those is a lady that I met, uh, a very good friend. Her name is Pam Brown. And so she said, David, send me a text when I reminded her. She said, I can't make it today because I have a meeting, but while you are doing prayer requests, can you pray for my friend Susie who is struggling with a drinking problem and who is considering leaving her husband for some guy I heard is from the gym that she goes to. I heard that they they were seen together at the coffee shop yesterday. Before you guys leave the show and you're thinking, this guy is doing exactly what he's preaching against. Even me, that message got me the first time I read it. I think it was a very, very hilarious way of a reply to today's topic. And so what I did, I ended up asking Pam to give us her thoughts uh, in as much as she's not going to be here. What what does she think about gossip? And uh, this is what Pam had to say concerning gossip. Hi, this is Pam Brown. And just a couple of thoughts on when I think about when we use our prayer requests to kind of share things about people in a gossipy way. I think about one, like what are our real motives? Um, Are we 
why are we sharing that about that person? Like, or do we have to make ourselves feel better to get the news out there? And two, like, do we really know the purpose of prayer? I'm doing a study right now on prayer, deepening my prayer life and realizing that there are a lot of things we believe that are wrong about the purpose of prayer. So that's my two things. One was our motive in praying and sharing that prayer request about that person in those details that should not be there. And two, do we really know the purpose of our prayer? And if I can just piggyback off of that for a second, that God knows the details of everyone's life and the purpose of our praying for that person is for love and service and for our hearts to be knitted like God's hearts. So just thought I'd finish my thoughts on those two things. Thank you for letting me share. Amen, amen, amen. I thought it was a very good summary of some of the things we're going to be talking about tonight. Those are thoughts from uh, Pam Brown and sharing with us what she thinks about gossip. One of the things Pam mentioned right there was, do we even know the purpose of prayer? And it dawned on me that it's such a very gross thing to do when you mix prayer with gossip. It is so gross. I think there's a very unique and I want to say holy purpose for prayer that we cannot mix the two. I thought that was really interesting. But I like what Laura is saying here. She says, when you incline judgment or personal opinion on your request, which is in quotes, God knows it's not important that others know the details sometimes. It's not important. They don't even have to know the name. They don't even have to know if it's really something that that you're thinking they might be praying for. Details usually are not important. Brother Hayden mentioned something here in Proverbs 20:19. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much because I think that is because in the multitude of words, sin is not absent. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for such a beautiful evening. Lord, we ask that uh, you speak to us tonight and just help us with this very slippery uh, scene that sometimes takes advantage of uh, a consent to help. It takes advantage of a genuine heart uh, to pray for another and uh, maybe because of selfish motives, we quickly uh, slide away and uh, our, our lips dishonor you with what we say about others. We pray that tonight you will help us find truth from your word and to guide us, uh, to always remind us uh, when that moment comes uh, to stop and turn around in honor of you. We thank you. We want to commit Martin into your hands as he prepares to speak to us. Uh, we pray that you just uh, allow him to share his heart and share your heart from your word. We are glad that we have this opportunity tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Martin, it's really great to have you. Thank you very much, David. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Um, you know, among the awful sins cataloged in Scripture, none contaminate the people of God more thoroughly than does this sin of gossip. You know, sometimes we look at it and we think, ah, man, there's nothing much in this. But, you know, one tongue sharpened as a sword can destroy more sense than all the powers of hell can. One tongue sharpened enough. 
one statement made just so another will know what is going on. One recitation of what was hard can forever render a fellow saint powerless and ineffective. So I would suggest that you, you do not cease speaking of one another, but this evening I would like to remind you of the teaching of the word of God concerning your speech. I would remind you that you are responsible to speak only those things which build up fellow believers. And we're going to focus in on our passage, Ephesians chapter 4. And we really focus mainly, I wanted to read from 11 to 32, but I don't think we have time for that. And so we will just focus in on the 30th, the first verses uh, there. And it says, do not let any... Uh, sorry, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, prowling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgive you, sorry. We would say that we obey this command because we don't use foul language or abusive language. We are not given to filthy speech and crude expressions. And so we would say that we are obedient to this. Paul did not stop with the negative command. However, he continued by saying that we are to speak only, and I think that's where the concentration, and that's what some of the keywords is maybe you're underlining in your Bible, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Uh, I'd like you to, to listen to the latter part of this, of this uh, scripture from the contemporary translation. It says, when you talk, do not say harmful things, but say what people need, words that will help others become stronger. Then what you say will be good to those who listen to you. The New Living Translation says this, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. My mother used to say, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. If you can't say anything good, in other words, keep quiet. Just don't say anything. You and I are responsible to review our speech to ensure that we speak only to build others up and not to permit anything we say appear as though it would tear another down or injure them or harm them in any way. We are responsible. We are to communicate only those things which strengthen others. And this is especially true when we are speaking of those who are fellow believers. Our words, whatever we say, whatever we allow to proceed out of our mouths, 
should be words that build, should be words that edify, that encourage, that grow another believer. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, there are some similar words here. And Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Of course, if the things of which we think are true, are noble, are right, are pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, naturally, your speech will reflect those same qualities. If those are the ones that are filling your heart, you remember the scripture which says, out of the overflow of the heart, what happens? Mouth speaks. I mean, words come out. What fills our hearts comes out in our mouths. And therefore, that's why Paul encourages the, the believers to make sure that what is filling their hearts are things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Because if those things are filling our hearts, then it's going to just come out. It's going to just come out. And people do not have to, to come and check and look at complications. What is filling Martin's heart? No, they just have to listen to my words. The words that come out a reflection of what fills my heart. Okay. In order to make this instruction complete, I would like to urge you to remember that though a communication may be true, so maybe you could be talking about something that is true. Someone maybe did something or you are responsible to ensure that it is noble and pure and lovely. That's the responsibility that you have. Consider whether whatever you're saying is a recitation of the truth, but also that it will be excellent or praiseworthy. Not everything we may say concerning what we have heard or witnessed will honor God or build others up. Now, let me, let me just share with you a real picture of gossip. I mean, just from scripture, just concentrating on the Proverbs. Proverbs 26, verse 21 says this. A charcoal, sorry, as charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a coarser man for kindling strife. Gossip, this is Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19. A gossip destroys a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. I know that includes a woman as well. Avoid a man, stuck a woman who talks too much. Proverbs 16, 28 says this, a perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. Proverbs eleven thirteen says this, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. Gossip is not a polite deviation which may be tolerated among the people of God, but rather it is an awful sin that destroys the work of God and neutralizes the power of God's people as they endeavor to, con to confront the enemy. 
So to refuse to put an end to gossip is to dishonor God and to ensure that the health of the body is taken care of. To fail to stop gossip is to consign the church, the group of believers, to a perpetual disorganization and impotence. That is what happens. So gossip is serious. We can't treat it like something very small uh, happening on the periphery of our lives. No, we cannot just leave it to, 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 to lurk around, to linger around. We need, we have to address it. Now, let me talk to you about how to kill gossip. So how do we kill gossip? How do we overcome this? So maybe um, someone has been, this is something that has been happening in your life and you're wondering, but how do I stop this? Okay, I know it, it's bad, and but, but what can I do? How can I stop it? And I found this proverb very, very wise. I mean, proverbs are always wise. So Proverbs 26 verse 20 says this, Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. <laughs> wow. Without wood, a fire goes out. And I guess for, just from that, I mean, you can complete what I'm going to be talking about. I mean, the rest of the strategy that I'm going to give you for dealing with gossip, how to kill gossip, that proverb, I mean, just summarizes it all. The responsibility to kill gossip is imposed upon each of us. When the people of God refuse to accept a statement about another, gossip will cease. When the people of God stop the recitation of a story, telling it over and over by stating that they will seek verification from the source, gossip will cease. Each Christian is responsible to refuse to receive gossip. This means that we may need to stop some people from speaking to us at the first hint that they are relating a story for which there is no justification. And so someone comes to you and they, they're like, hey, by the way, do you know, do you know what happened? Wait, first wait. We may have to, to, to say, please don't. Please don't. If you have no need to know what a person said or did, why would you wish to hear about it? You have no need for it. So, so why do you want to hear it? There's really no, need, no, no reason. There are some questions you will do well to ask before you receive a story. And some of these are, is it true? The second is, and this is paramount, is it helpful? Is it helpful? The third is, is it necessary? Is it necessary for me to listen to this? When I listen to this, is it helpful to me? How does this build me? Can the one reciting the story verify the accuracy of what is being related? How will you receive the story? How does you receiving the story make you a better person? As you're listening to this person who is telling you about another person, how does that build you? Apart from just laughing and, and having this good feeling, you're, you, you, you're having this Lugambo, I mean, everything happening around. But how does that build you as a believer? Does it add anything to you? 
So when you spend like 30 minutes and you're having these stories around, is there any way you are edified? What effect will this story have on your view of that individual? Will it change how you look at them? Will you, will you walk around with this judgmental attitude? You're looking at them like, Kali, this guy says he's a believer. Kali, this guy says he's a Christian. But check what he's doing or check what he's saying. How will it affect Will you receive, with that receipt of that relationship, um, in any way strengthen you? Will it? Will it strengthen the body of Christ? In what way is it necessary that you have the information you are about to receive? Sometimes we don't really. We don't, we, we don't have to, to hear all that is being talked about. So it is true that we can put an end to gossip in the body of Christ by refusing to receive it. No, I'm not going to listen to that. But it would be better still if we each determine that we would refuse to tell all we think we know. There is in the Proverbs an instruction, and it, it, it goes like this. Just because you see something, don't be in a hurry to go to court. You might go down before your neighbors in shameful defeat. So discuss the matter with them private, privately. Don't tell anyone else or others may accuse you of gossip. Then you will never regain your good reputation. So do you understand what Solomon is saying here? If you think you saw something which could reflect negatively on another person, Go to the one involved and seek clarification. Instead of making it move around, first go to the person. Perhaps there is an explanation for what you think you saw. This is nothing less than a practical application of what the apostle is teaching us here. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, the scripture says, if you have an encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then, says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look up not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So you see how being selfless becomes an antidote to gossip. If you're others focused, then you're going to be looking out for others. But really, is, is it true what is going around? And so you will quickly, instead of viewing the, the gossip, you will go to this person and, and, and just clarify with them. You know, I'm, I'm hearing this. Is it true? Paul's teaching to the churches in Galatia would also apply at this particular point. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, he says, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself. Or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens 
And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Each should test his own actions, every one of us. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own Lord. So as it concludes, in that passage, the apostle makes a final statement that we need to hear. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Doing good means that we believe the best about one another. And that's critical. So if you're believing the best about someone else, even when someone comes with negative information, you're not quick to take it because you want first to verify. I don't think that that's true. I, I don't think I don't think he can do that. So you, you, you go and verify with the person. Instead of, what? You mean he did that? I mean, you are not there. You're just receiving this information. But for some reason, you just keep, you, you fuel it. What? You mean he did that? You mean she did that? And it just goes on and on. Doing good, good means that we refuse to receive anything which could potentially hurt a fellow Christian. You know, sometimes it, it is... It, it's just so disappointing and, and very concerning when you find a believer gossiping about another believer to an unbeliever. And this, this happens like so often. And man, why do you even do that? I mean, we are supposed to be covering and protecting one another. And it's like we are just throwing God's name in disrepute. Tomorrow, I mean, you're going to come to share the gospel with this person. How can they accept it? when just yesterday you were talking negatively about a fellow believer. Doing good means that we stop all stories, however fine our motives may appear, before those stories take on life of their own. So sometimes the gossiping like David was telling us today, I mean, it's a prayer request. Ah, guys, let's pray for let's pray for Martin. You know, he's struggling in this area. Man, let's pray for him. As we're trying to be spiritual, but the truth is we're trying to gossip about this person. That's the honest truth. Deep down our hearts, what we're interested in do, is doing what? Is spreading bad news about this person. This instruction is nothing more and nothing less than practical application of the warning in Leviticus 19 verse 16 and it says this do not spread slanderous gossip among you your people the warning against gossip is expressed through james who bluntly speaks and says brothers do not slander one another anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him against the law and judges it when you judge the law are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? That's what James tells us. As gossip becomes known, we have to decide that I am going to rebuke it. I will do so privately in the hopes of reclaiming them from the cause for the cause of Christ. 
If they refuse to accept correction, I will deal with them as their sin deserves. If necessary, I will rebuke them publicly. I am concerned for the health of the body, and thus I stand opposed to that which is detrimental. I will put an end to gossip with God's help to the glory of God. So that must be a determination for every one of us. We have to purpose to walk in that direction. At last, God himself opposes gossip and those who practice it. Do not underestimate the importance of purity before him who purchased the church with his blood. He sets the standard for all who would worship. You have no doubt. Read the Psalms. So read the Psalms. And among the Psalms you have encountered this recitation of the qualities are those which talk about honoring God. It is true that we can put an end to gossip in the church by refusing to receive it. So the strategy is first refuse to receive it. But it is even better if we each determine that we would refuse to tell and to spread gossip. There is in the Proverbs instruction to assist us in this matter. Just because you, you see something, don't be in a hurry to go to court. You might go down before your neighbors in a shameful defeat. So discuss the matter with them private, privately. Don't tell anyone else or others may cause may accuse you of gossip, then you will never regain your good reputation. That's what Proverbs 25, 8 to 10 tells us. So friends, as I conclude, the strategy to defeating gossip, I mean, we, we, we know from the very beginning, from the basic of it, is that God does not love gossip. And we, we have seen that in scripture. How do we fight it? First, refuse to receive it. Do not receive it. Does it build you in any way? No. The poor said, told us whatever is pure, whatever is noble, I mean, praiseworthy, those are the things that we must concentrate on. And so if someone is bringing this bad report about anyone, how does it build you? Does this build in, in any way? No. But so what do you do? You say, no, don't tell me. I don't want to hear. But secondly, sorry, and secondly, we have ourselves to choose to determine that we will refuse to tell negative things about others. And therefore, if you, have, if you have heard something negative, you've seen something negative, what do you do? Go to that person in private and talk to them. Matthew uh, 19 gives us instructions on how to resolve issues within a, in, the, in the church. It says, go to the brother, talk to them. If it, it's not helpful, I mean, take another brother as a witness. If that does not help, bring the issue to the church. So instead of us being quick to go around and talk about others, we should be quick to defend one another. And dear Lord, we thank you. We are thankful for this time. We pray that, Lord, you would please help us to have to walk in the purity of um, our attitudes and minds. That, Lord, even as we, we relate with one another, we will look out for each other, we will protect 
each other, that we will refuse to receive gossip, but also that we will determine not to speak negatively of others. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to before bed, you go to, before you go to bed, you can as well grow in your faith. Cabin Devils. Cabin Devils. Your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African Time.